0: If you are listening today, I would like to say thank you. Thank you for sharing space with me. For my guest, thank you for sharing your story for all to hear. The goal of the joy of learning is to share the resilience, persistence, drive, and joy you exemplify daily in your personal and professional lives. Season two is winding down, and I have much to ponder for season three. However, as always, I want you to continue to take joy in learning and enjoy this upcoming interview. Millennial Mom Immigrant Advocate Security Engineer It was a pleasure to spend time with Zanette Kamau. This incredible woman is the epitome of persistence and drive. Zanette is a senior information security engineer at the Minnesota State Government. Our discussions range from her journey immigrating to the United States from Ethiopia, to her prior career in law, to her journey currently in cybersecurity. Her gentle spirit, yet internal motivation, broadens her horizons beyond the expected. Take a moment to listen to her journey and be inspired. Welcome to the Joy of Learning podcast. I am so excited to have Zanette with us here today. Zanette, how are you doing? I'm doing
1: well, thank you for having me,
0: Joy. Yes, it's it's a pleasure. Yes, and you are in Minneapolis, is that correct? Yeah, I am uh, northeast of Minneapolis,
1: which is um, a few minutes drive from Minneapolis in a city uh, called Blaine in Minnesota. Yes,
0: Yes. and so is the weather warming up over there?
1: Now, finally, yep. You know, Minnesota is very snowy and cold state. So uh, yeah, now spring is um, around the corner. Yes. Yeah. And that's it's a good just thing. Or may not. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because because the winters are very long. Um. Yes. Yeah. And you know, especially for somebody who who came from a place where there isn't snow as I came from Ethiopia. Yes. But I hear even from the locals that you know every winter is new. You know, it's it's always new.
0: Yes. And so I and, and I thought I would ask. So in your journey from Ethiopia to America, was that your first time actually experiencing snow um, in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When we moved from Ethiopia in 2013 Mm -hmm. and we actually moved in the middle of winter. So (sighs) that was our first experience. (laughs) Yes. snow. because I mean, we have a snow back home in Ethiopia, but it's not this kind of snow it's like a hail more like a hail in winter and then it's just once in a while so it's totally different
0: yes I can imagine the experience and on your professional journey you are a lawyer also so in Ethiopia that is the the profession that you were practicing at the time is that correct? Yeah, I went to law school, graduated, and
1: I was working as a legal expert in the government uh, office for about two to three years before
0: moving to the U.S. Correct. Okay, wow. And so, and in that transition, so you moved to the United States, and you were beginning to take interest in the in cybersecurity or in security. Um, and so, could you talk to us a little bit of your about your journey in cybersecurity? Yeah, I'd love to. It's it's a very long story, but to make it short. <laughs> no, don't make I, it short.
1: Tell OK, me. You OK. Hear. <laughs> OK. Um, so, yeah, in 2013, moved um, from Ethiopia to the U.S. with my husband and um, I had we had a son. He, he was almost three and I was seven months pregnant. Moved to um, Minnesota, not knowing a lot of people. You know, it was just um, my husband's friend whom he knew when he was in high school. So she she welcomed us, and then, um, yeah, complete weather shock. Like I mentioned, snow, bitter snow. I should say, into the beginning of 2013. I remember it was in January second. So I uh, moved here. I had a legal career, yes, and then after I, we got settled in, I um wanted to go back to school i've always had an interest in technology i have never heard of cybersecurity at that point even in till 2017 i had no idea mm-hmm. i just wanted to be in technology um, my my husband uh, even back home he works in a software space so i get fascinated just looking at what he creates and website, that type of thing. But other than that, I don't, I didn't have any exposure. Yes. So yeah, so I decided to go back to school right after I had my second uh, child, uh, my daughter, and then I went back to school, just went to local college, registered for um, the computer programming, uh, you know, two-year associate degree program, got accepted to the program directly. I remember taking my My daughter to to that center with somebody to watch for me because I remember going out of the testing center to nurse her because at that point we didn't know anybody, uh, and my husband had to work. Um, Yes, yeah. So did my associate's degree transfer to a four-year bachelor degree program again uh, to find that niche of where I might be a best fit? uh, You know, besides learning what the technology does, you know, the computing concepts and all Mm -hmm. of that. I wasn't sure what I wanted to be just hoping that you know after I graduate I would become maybe a programmer or maybe because it's so broad technology so broad yes. even the computer science um, field is so broad so you you it takes time to to know where you want to fit in and and best suits your interest yes um, yeah so in 2017 that's how it began you know My journey into cybersecurity is uh, through a competition that one of my our professors talked about coming to the class um, and talked about you know there's going to be a cyber defense competition um, to represent the university. Um, So he he wanted to recruit folks. So he said, "Please come to Saturday, you know, so that we can talk about that." So I just went in to see what it's like, um, even though at that point it was so hard because for me. Childcare is an issue because yes. I had to take all of my classes at night or online entirely. Otherwise, um, it's hard because because they were so young. The kids were so young. And yes. at that point, I think I had my third child because uh, uh, before graduation. Yeah, I already had my third. Yes. So I had three young kids at that point. So it was like coordinating between my husband. You know, when he comes back to school, I go to class when he comes back from work. Excuse me. So. Yeah, uh, it was hard to find time to do extra curricular stuff, but yes. I went in to see, you know, see what happens. And then I went there and then it was um, extra self-preparation of a yes. group of students. Uh, it started out with the full class students and then it started to um, get a slimmer, you know, as the, you know, time commitment with class and other life, everybody has a different kind of life. Um, so... Um, uh, eventually I ended up meeting the team to represent the university um, within that cyber defense competition where we simulate, you know, where there will be an attacker to, to our system and we'll be defending that system. Yes. Uh, so I was put on a Linux machine to to configure it securely so that, you know, in that simulated environment, we protect our environment and then our data from from that hacker so that was the the short description of what what the competition was about so after that i think i really had an interest in that you know with the team collaboration and coordination i just had a sneak peek of what you know the cyber world uh, might be in a workplace because i didn't have the experience working in even in tech besides the school. So that gave me that exposure and the boost. So we came out third place um, in the 2018 cyber defense competition from Minnesota state. Um, and that, that that sparked my interest in, in, in the field to cybersecurity. So from then on, I started taking certifications, um, see so network class security class. And I was doing that while I was doing my undergrad studies for computer science. Yes. And also doing internship uh, with local wow. government, because I thought you needed the experience to, uh, I was doing this IT internship. Yes. Get in the door, you know, and get what the work culture is, because I have no idea, you know, being a new country. And plus, uh, the, the major thing that I noticed was spending your day um, with young children and going to the corporate or the adult environment. That that was a, a complete transition for me. Yeah. because. You know i had my days learned you know singing the wheels on the bus and you know <laughs> just speaking the baby language sometimes i find myself thinking that even after the kids are sleeping and saying why am i what am i doing
0: <laughs> i so, love it that that's a beautiful connection i mean when we think of mothers and mm-hmm. i mean if we're trying to continue with our careers or for in your instance, transition into a new career, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of planning, it's a lot of adjusting and you were in a new country at the same time. So, wow, I mean, this is inspiring. (laughs) I would think for a lot of mothers who are contemplating ways to stay um, inside of their professional careers or, or make a shift, or a pivot, and you were able to do all of that. Like, that's incredible. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, it seems easy, but yeah, it has its uh, own ups and downs, especially with managing. You know, the things that you do, like not really managing time, but how you fit in your things within the time, because you can only do so much within the twenty-four hours, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then prioritizing um, the kids. Yes. as always you know prioritizing the kids and so how do I do it in my part time because I could have done my learning um, back home I always say that this is not their you know their stuff they 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 need me as a mother not you know dealing with other stuff but also balancing those two building your career at the same time uh, helping with, you know nourish nurturing the family in yes time. yeah
0: it's yeah. a lot I mean and it it really points to the the different roles that we have. You know, we're not we're not just one thing. And so we mean different things to different people. I mean, whether or not we're inside of our corporate environments or inside of our work environments or at home. And it's such a divine balance that has to be made in some shape or form. So I mean, I'm listening, I'm inspired because, you know, right now I have three. And so <laughs> And we're preparing to transition and to also move. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and I'm thinking professionally, what's next? What do I do? How do I adjust? So um, this, even as I listen, I, I'm inspired and I'm also encouraged. So, and even Thank if you, you look at the pencil I have, this is not, <laughs> take a look at it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a kindergarten pencil. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: I have a kindergartner. I can relate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and adding moving uh, to that because uh, even after moving to the US, we have to move. I think five or yeah, five or four times within the five years because oh my goodness, you know, trying to find um, within the state but different places, trying to find you know. Um, the kids are ready for school now. Trying to find a school, you know, so I, I can relate to being the hectic nature of moving uh, before we finally uh, bought a house and settled into the city that we are currently in um, two years ago or so. So I, I can relate to that. that I, I have become an expert in advising other people. You know, yeah, the pricing in this city is like that and that. You know, like with apartment renting and finding school district that works for us and uh, we had to move out at one time because I was uh, watching the two little ones while my um, older son he was going to school the bus drop was a block away walk so I couldn't leave them in the house but at the same time in Minnesota winter you have to walk with them that whole block so because of that once the um, you know, the rental deal or contract was over. We had to move because of that. So, uh, and then another time it was my, I had to bring my parents here uh, from Ethiopia. So inviting them so to accommodate them. And then once they're on their own, um, And then, you know, all the different things so I can relate to moving and stuff. But finally now we're we're settled. Yes,
0: I'm so glad that you're settled. And you know what, you're bringing up a challenge that many parents have, especially when we're thinking about the quality of education for our own children. And when we think of, okay, where do I live? Where I live where the zip code is gonna dictate the quality of education of our children. And, you know, I, I think there has to be a shift And this is my opinion, there has to be a shift where that regardless of zip code, quality education should be ensured for all children. And so, so, I mean, but you bring up that experience and it is a reminder um, for all of us to know that, hey, um, when we're thinking education and what uh, best opportunities for our children, most times we're looking at zip codes. We're looking at best places (laughs) to reside and should it be that way? So Just some thoughts I agree.
1: yes <laughs> and that's something that I quickly learned is that yep it's the zip code apartment the place that you live in and it shouldn't be that way and and then also the pricing of apartments and housing and all of those issues related to that so yeah a lot of the issues are interconnected with each other so.
0: yes yes it's not in a vacuum. You know, I, I remember just having a conversation or or talking um, with a family member and just sharing, you know, hey, where we live will dictate um, the schools that my children go to, and I am keenly aware of that. Um, and so, again, we're not in a bit of, we're not in a panacea or in a place that's like, oh, you know, everything is just perfect. It isn't. There are systems at play. So, nevertheless. <laughs> So I enjoyed our conversation veering off into that territory. So, yeah, same here. yes. And so when we think of cybersecurity or technology, uh, many times I, I think there's always a picture that comes up. And a lot of times we're not thinking women in cybersecurity or women as much in tech and so um, I'm sure we have excellent examples and that's how I found out about you. And so tell me in what ways are you encouraging women to become more involved in the technology sector?
1: Yeah, I think you talked about the, that stereotype of when you picture about cybersecurity or a professional in cybersecurity is a you know a guy in a hoodie in the basement, yes. <laughs> that type of thing, or, or just a hacker because so I've had people what I mentioned that I, my interest in cybersecurity, so you're going to be a hacker. So, you know, um, cybersecurity is incredibly broad, so many aspects of it that you can be in technical and technical, or, you know, you, you can choose whatever best suits you, your interest and, and, and be in it. And women can be in any field they they could be. And in one of the article that was featured recently, I think I talked about uh, when I think of cyber women, I think about you know attention to detail, leadership, um, and all of those things. Diversity, perspective. So um, to think of a huge industry, uh, I think it's a multi-billion industry. Cybersecurity. Uh, that is, uh, it's 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 impossible to think of uh, succeeding in that industry without you know, incorporating half of the population of the world, which are women uh, and who are, you know, expertise and being attention to detail and, and not incorporating their perspective is something unachievable. Um, and until recently it was like an 11% of the entire industry is um, women uh, wow. in the cybersecurity, but now it grew to 24%, you know, oh. um, it's a good you know it's a good step in the you know in the right direction however it's the number is still low we, we still need women more getting involved in that industry and so the key is you know if you are interested in it there are many aspects of cybersecurity that you can get involved um, uh, you know exploring that cyberseek.org I, I love that interactive site where it tells you uh, based off of where you are right now, if you want to change your career and uh, break into cybersecurity, which parts of cybersecurity that you can uh, go in? Um, so exploring that and getting mentorship and um, having people, I, I see a lot of women, um, you know, get mentors um, to be guided to where where you wanted to go uh, yes. in, in the into the field of cybersecurity. So getting that uh, mentorship is very valuable because I never had that in the beginning until you know that happens it's a a coincidence you know uh if you don't have that school exposure I think getting more connected with the people who are in the field LinkedIn is the perfect place yes so I would say you know we we should uh at this point be not talking about you know gender and and a certain field and say that you know you can be anything that you want to be yes um you know uh, as soon as you have guidance I think I think you have you need guidance in 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 any field um, and, and so at, at any level you want, your
0: could you reshare, what is the name of the website that you shared? If women are women or men, if they're interested in transitioning into the field of cybersecurity, what is the name of that website again? Cyberseek.org, cyber-sick,
1: org. Um, I, I like it because it shows you how many open jobs are there within each state in, in the nation, mm-hmm. like in the US specifically, and then you know, how can you transition, for example, if you are a software developer or coming from another field, it would, if you click that, it would show you which directions, which okay. routes to go. And then, you know, how much you can earn, that type of thing is super interactive. I like it. I think it, it helps people. I, I suggest that a lot for people who ask me on how to get on that. Um, and, you know, uh, there are a lot of free learning resources now, especially like on Udemy or LinkedIn or um, just, you know, learning the basic things. Uh, sometimes we think about, you know, getting a master's degree or that type of thing, yes. but getting the basic things and getting that entry level uh, work experience. Yes. Um, I would say the thing that worked out for me is, um, you know, there are a lot of people who graduate the degree, uh, but having a little bit of each thing is helpful because when I was uh, doing my academic or my degree, I was also doing my industry certifications Ah. and at the same time doing uh, internship. So doing things in parallel a little bit, I think, Mm. would close the gap and and have you, I think, you know, for HR purposes, I think you already have the degree. But then, you know, for certifications, if you have that, it would show to the employers that you can achieve uh, that piece of, you know, specific knowledge that you need to get and then having the experience also with teaching you know, and on the core skills are also very important. You know, getting communication skills, having the core and essential skills that we refer them as soft skills. Yes, um, but they're not that soft because yeah. <laughs> well they're, they're much needed. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: definitely. Definitely. OK, so I, I heard this theme of parallel. So, of course, as you, if you're looking to pursue or transition into a field in cybersecurity, definitely, first of all, visit cyberseek.org. <laughs> and then the other um, consideration are the certifications through various platforms like Udemy or LinkedIn and consider some of the certifications at the same time getting practical work experience too. Is that correct? Yeah, Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, and the online learnings are diverse. There, there, there's so many. And nowadays, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, free trainings offered. Especially with COVID, I am seeing a lot of, you know, if you're if you're dedicating your time, I think there aren't any lack of resources nowadays. Especially, and 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 I'm speaking from the perspective, especially coming from Ethiopia, we don't have any resources that much. You know, like even access to the internet and just the resources are out there. If you can dedicate the time to, you know, to to learn and having that learning mindset is very critical being in technology in general and being um, in cybersecurity because things are always evolving. So choosing that next step of what's trending and learning and keep staying relevant and updating yourself is, is very critical. So if you yes. have that passion added with that is, you know, the learning
0: piece is is very important. Yes. I think it's important that we take joy (laughs) in learning. We have to. I mean, things evolve so fast. And so with this, with technology being available the way it is, especially in the United States, we have to be willing to say, okay, I have to um, learn something new or I have to adapt. I think that's really important. Um, In the United States, of course, um, in context, I'm always thinking about in the past, how someone would typically stay in one job and they would stay in one job for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, And that model, this is opinion, but has expired. And we have to constantly be reinventing ourselves and considering transitions, finding ways to learn. And I mean, I see that across the board, but definitely in technology. And I read that that was in the last article and um, the article that you were in that I read, you did share that, just that passion and desire to learn and how important it is. So, yeah. And when, when
1: you reached out, I, I completely resonated with the name of your podcast, Joy of Learning. Yes. It's just that, you know, it's not only about achieving that, you know, certificate or learning, but Enjoying that process of learning as well, and I'm a constant learner. You know, despite the challenges of not finding time, juggling between four kids, grad school, I still look for the next certification and what would I be learning. I have interest in specializing maybe in cloud security, so I study for that. So. I think when you have the interest I think you you'll find the time. I don't know how but you you
0: will find it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about you um being a mother. I always think about what was I doing before I became a mother. <laughs> I know. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I always get that because I have friends um, who, who who don't have children yet and, and they always ask me like how you do it and, and they weren't married and at that time and they asked me how do you find the time because I was getting the certifications and all and I say um, I think I, I, I don't know what happens the next day because a kid might be sick and I don't know. I do not like to procrastinate and say that I'll do it later. I have to do it now because yeah. you never know. They might ask you, we need to go to the park you know, all the demands that's coming from them, they don't like the same food. So you, you might be spending a lot of time cooking because before I was coming, I had to hand off my husband, look at the, the stove because I did the lunch for them and everything. Um, so it's, it's adventurous. You, you cannot control what happens tomorrow. So it's just doing the things and being mindful of the time that you have. I think that has helped me a lot in, in, in some of the things that I've achieved then.
0: Yes. And more. Yes. Yes. This is, this is our struggle, (laughs) but then it's our joy. And then at the same time, we recognize that tomorrow. And I always think about this tomorrow's not promised. And if we can, and another thing is if we keep putting it off over, over time, that accumulates. And so there's no better time than now to do it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you exemplify that and yeah, I, I, I think I need to hear that. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, things c- c- pop up. You never know. And I might have mentioned it in that article that I'm also working on my first children's book. And yes. it's an idea that came yes. out of nowhere uh, the end of this last year. I think it's in the, on the eve of New Year that I don't know what it was coming from. I said, I'm, I'm going to write a children's book. And how are you going to fit in that? I, I think I always say, you know, having a, a good support system, even if it's one person, is very valuable yes. you know I, I always tell my husband and when I come up with something and he would say you know he, he's always rooting for me and I thank him for that <laughs> I mean my parents will do too but if I tell my mom about writing a book she would say you have four kids and you have a school and you have work I mean she's it's coming out of love and care that you cannot handle it like just put it off for later like she tried yes. to calm me down and I would tell her yeah that's a good idea mom but I would still be doing it <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end she would be like praying and everything you know like okay you did it at the end of the day even though I told you not to but you know um, yeah having a good support system is very critical so yeah. I'm, I'm in the process of doing that so hopefully um, we'll connect when that comes out we'll see yes. what happens
0: <laughs> of course I kind of I want to ask some more questions but we can okay. wait so we'll, be happy. we'll have to do a follow up interview because of course education is, that's my sphere <laughs> part of it. Yeah. And I would love to hear more about your story. And that was one of my other notes that I had written down here to talk to you about the book that you're going to publish. And so um, you also bring up the importance of support. Um, and I think one of the things that's really um, important especially for women as they engage in their profession and their career is the of spouse. And so, um, and to have that, and and family too, because it's really difficult when you don't have those things in place. And so it makes it very hard to manage. And so I can see that you have that support in place. I know that, you know, there was a huge transition when going from Ethiopia to the United States, but again, step-by-step you were able to build. And so I think that that's beautiful. Yeah, and I
1: think, yeah. And I think just to add to what you said, I think, the, that importance in everything that you do as a woman, I think that you you create that self-advocacy of yourself saying that, you know, uh, just as your work is important, you know, doing my education and doing all of that is yours. And I think you you portray that through your action to, to get that support. And I think that has been my experience. I don't know about other people that, yes. you know, my education is important and what I do is important. And so, um, Throughout the process, I just built this strong support system, even if it's just one person, you know, getting the help with the kids, you know, I I know that he is their father. He's supposed to do it. I know as women, we always say that I get help from my husband for the kids. But Hmm. the way I see it is just he's just choosing to be a dad, you know. Yes. That's how I see it. Yes. I I always say thank you for choosing to be a good father. You know,
0: just like I am. That is true. I I mean, I was walking through the street. And so I, Mm -hmm. not walking through the street. Well, I was going for a walk inside of my village. And so Mm -hmm. inside of my village, just getting some air and taking a break. And so my neighbor shared with me, you know, where's the baby? And I shared the baby is with my husband. And then he Mm -hmm. said, oh, babysitter. And I'm like, no, father. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Just a lot of things. societal stuff right yes to 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 deal with and then so so just being a you know a good advocate for yourself to get that support system is is very powerful I think I wouldn't be able to do any of the things without that support I think it's it's just it's a stretch to say that you do everything by
0: yourself I mean we all
1: have some support system in some shape or form
0: yes we have to and we have to get it out of our minds that we're just doing it solo we're not Mm-hmm. We need we, we each other and where we are is a result of the people who encouraged us who supported us that pulled us up, we have to recognize that that is just a fact and it's truth. We don't get places by ourselves. It's not possible. We need other people. So I, I love how you bring that connection in. Um, and so I was also thinking if you were or the other question that came to mind. Um, If you were to give advice to your younger self, what would you say? Um,
1: I I would say I still struggle with, uh, you know, you know, public speaking stuff or having underestimating myself. (laughs) That was one of the things that I talked about in that article is um, I always tend to say that, you know, whatever I'm saying is obvious. You know, everybody knows it. So not sharing and just being quiet. Uh, I am more. Um, intentional about that because that wasn't also encouraged where I was coming from like back. I don't remember you know the many times that I have asked questions within the class or learning you know just being quiet and learner and finding out things on my own so getting that help and support is okay. Uh, that wasn't encouraged, you know. Even then, like I, I have never heard of the concept of mentorship back home. You know, mm. even going to a university or going to school, law school. You know, you have to struggle, and you know, you you get assigned to a university where you have never been to a city for you know, like the different campuses that you will be away from your family. So figuring out life and everything is on your own. So um, it's okay to ask for help and yes. just getting that guidance and mentorship, and then to be more you know, confident of yourself and believing that what you have to say is unique and your perspective and that it would add something to the table, Just, uh, I would have told that to myself, that's something that I am learning now, you know, every day and trying to practice that and, and growing from it, I can see that. So um, yeah, so be confident and have that voice of yours because um, it might seem obvious because I always hear that same idea getting, you getting know, praised from other people same idea that i had but i thought you know never mind it doesn't matter or or speaking and telling your story or even talking about the education that i have back home i would never mention it Mm. society we learned that as immigrants here even doctors who who you know who had that degree in higher education when they came to the u.s there is that belief that it's not valuable here you Mm. know in the u.s so you have to start from scratch or you have to build upon that one. So I never talked about even my degree in law until recently. People said, I think you should talk about that. You know, yes. um, you have a lot of transferable skills that you bring, even though, you know, it's completely different from technology that I have to learn from scratch the computing concepts, the math and everything to be in computer science or, or, or in cybersecurity. But, you know, cybersecurity being that multidisciplinary industry, It requires that approach and skill to solve problems is is coming together now that I'm seeing that it's very valuable. So I think we should be proud of whatever accomplishments that we have. I think that those would be some of the things that I would tell myself, you know, going back. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, I see this a lot. Um, So as you're talking about your story of, you know, your professional experiences in Ethiopia and your transition to the United States and how sometimes as immigrants, it's um, hey, that doesn't matter. Or, you know, those professional Mm -hmm. experiences, you're starting from scratch when you're in the United States. Um, So I find that inside of the classroom, when we have teachers that go into the classrooms, they often have a deficit thinking. And so it's as if that student doesn't bring those experiences into the classroom, like whether where they're from, some of their cultural background, I mean, their community, those things still transfer into the classroom, who they are, you know, we're not empty vessels to be filled, we bring things to the table too. You know, we bring our experiences, our professionalism, our backgrounds, we bring those in. And to me, that's what makes America, America. And so we just have to be so mindful of that because society, I do believe that society, what you're sharing will tell us one thing. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, oh, you know, that's something small. Oh no, no, those are experiences, those skills, um, those competencies, they transfer. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that point up. Um, they're very valuable and they make us who we are. So- I agree, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. That makes you unique, you know, you have that background and I started talking about it and it makes sense, you know. Uh, yeah, it is from Ethiopia, but it's from an accredited, you know, university where i i even began my before my move i even began my graduate studies and i had to stop it because when we got the diversity visa to come to the us um i I was doing a graduate certificate program and and going to transition to a graduate program in tanzania i was traveling there uh do some courses and then come back so i i stopped at doing but i never talked about it because you know, um, it, it was seen as less valuable in the yes. society or, or it might be something self-imposed learning from our community saying that, you know, yeah, that was, you know, coming from a third world country you know, that all of those things. But I, I do not agree. I think a lot of the skills that I have um, transfer to, to my current work because my experience in, in, in the corporate or, or in government, that's what I have worked since I started working is in local government, state government. Um, it's, um, it's minimal, but I'm utilizing all
0: of the experiences that I have uh, from, from Ethiopia too. Yeah. Yes, that is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so, thank you for listening. <laughs> yes, we, we have to hear it. And I, I'm looking here, I have my final question for you. In 10 years, where do you see yourself? What legacy do you desire to leave? in the field of cybersecurity and beyond?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I love learning new things. And my next thing is um, learning, you know, within cybersecurity, you know, protecting data, protecting, and the reason why I love working in the state government is um, we work on projects that impact, you know, the, the citizens of Minnesota, you know, and protecting the data for, uh, for citizens of Minnesota, Minnesota who um, have data that they trust the government with. So protecting that system and data. Um, so learning cloud security is my next thing. That's something that I wanna learn, but um, you know, sharing with other people that you can get into technology and security. You can um, build your career while also building your family um, and, and encouraging other people who look like me to join the industry and be a part of that, you know, protecting the world from, from cyber criminals is, is, yes. is the main thing I, I can think of, but also, you know, uh, creating that awareness. Uh, it might be through the book that I am planning to write. Yes. This is a children book is um, to, for, for for kids to see themselves in, in you know, in schools um, while embracing their identities and their hijab, you know, it, it evolves around yes. that story. I it, it just completed the first draft recently and then it's with an editor now. So we'll see, I'm enjoying also that process of, you yes. know, the whole thing, cause I have no idea, I've never done it before, but yeah, so yeah, making sure that, you know, what I'm learning from my awesome mentors now or in role models that I'm seeing on LinkedIn, um, that I mentioned also in, in my recent feature article on Epic Women in Cyber um, is just to make sure that you know women do belong in the industry, even more so women of color and black women do belong in the industry. And we, we contribute so much to, to the table. So um, give yourself permission to be in the spaces and um, yeah, and go from there.
0: <laughs> and with that being said, that last part, give ourselves permission to be in those spaces. Thank you so much, Zanette, for taking the time to interview with me. I am inspired and I'm also looking forward to our follow-up interview, especially about the children's book and just all the incredible work that you're doing. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And we'll have to schedule this perfect time where the baby naps and we don't hear kids barging. And so I would love that. (laughs) Three kids, but you didn't hear a thing throughout. And I'm always thinking about that in the background. You know, somebody needing something saying mom. (laughs) But yeah, I would love to talk to you again. (laughs) That would be amazing. I had an incredible time chatting with
0: you. you. I would like to take a moment to say thank you to all the listeners of the Joy of Learning podcast. My goal is always to create connection, and we have been able to connect to many of you through your experiences and through your stories. If you have questions or if you have thoughts about our podcast, I would love to hear from you. Please email info at takejoyandlearning.com.